find in this week's Parsha a very strange paradox. You find Esav is coming to kill Yaakov. Now Esav has a grudge against Yaakov. Yaakov stole his bracha from, from Yitzchak. Not only did he steal his bracha, you took away my bachayra. So Esau wants to kill Yaakov, literally kill him, and it's been 36 years have gone by, and Esau is still determined to kill him, and he's got 400 men with him, and he's going to finish him off. So what does Yaakov do? He sends him a few behemoths, and Esau is suddenly placated. He sends him a cow, he sends him a donkey, he sends him a mule, and Esau says everything's cool, everything is good. What's the pshat? What happened over here? Esau was furious, and you give him a couple of animals, and shine, he's happy. Give him a bowl of soup, and he gives up his bechayra. What's the pshat over here? Remember, I once heard from Ramatis Yo Solomon. He said that he was once by Rav Lezer Shach, Zechitzadik Levrocha. And Rav Shach used to have lollipops for children when they came with their parents. So he once there when a child came in, and uh, Rav Shach asked the child if he wants a lollipop, and the child said yes. So he said, Mr. you want a red one? So Rav Matis Yo said to Rav Shach, you're making the kid like Esav. So Rav Shach said back to him, Esav is oichet given a kind. Esav was a kid. But he was a kid when he was 100 years old. He was still a kid. But how do you understand that he was so angry and uh, a little bit of food, a little bit of uh, cattle satisfies him? Remember when my kids were young, there was a children's book, Amelia Bedelia. Now, if you remember, everything she did was a churban. So the whole house, she destroyed everything. And at the end of the story, she gives Mr. Rogers a piece of lemon meringue pie and showing everything is good. Now, she herself, she's a Michigana, fine. But why is he Mavata for a lousy piece of lemon meringue pie? So mom is like Aesop. You give him a piece of cake and the Ansevelt is settled. Everything is Gavaldic. So how do you understand this? The Terence is... Esav couldn't control his body. In his mind, he was an Av. He, was as, he, he had a mind like Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. His head was Gavaldic. He understood. He had a Muna, he had Bitochen, Awazachen. But when it came to controlling for the head, controlling the body, he couldn't do it. 
you dangled a piece of cake, you dangled some geshmakizach, and he lost control. But his head? Mistama, when Asa played basketball, he wore a yarmulke on his head. Otherwise, his head wouldn't be in Ghana in Morisamachpeila. But his body, couldn't control himself. So, we have to fight a battle also. We also have an achrayis to fight a battle. And we have to know how to fight. And we can learn it from this week's parsha. How do we deal with the Sar of Esav? How do we deal with the Yetzir Hora? So it's Yadua that Chaim Velozhiner was once davening Shmoyna Esrei. And in the middle of Shmoyna Esrei, he started to cry bitterly. But then he stopped. A few minutes later, he started crying again. And afterwards, the, the Talmudim asked him, Rebbe, why were you crying so much? So he said, the first time I was crying, I saw what's going to happen to the Yidden in Europe. And the second time I was crying was because I saw the Nisyoinos that Yidden are going to have in America. I heard this word from David Goldberg, the Rosh Hashivin tells. And he told me that Rav Nosen Vachtweigel used to say over that after Rav Aaron Kotler was Nifter, Rav Yankel Schiff was one of the, if not the best Talmud to come out of Lakewood. He's an Aden by the Briska Rav. He had a dream. And in the dream, he saw... Reb Aaron go in to wake up Mashiach and he wasn't successful he saw the Chassam Soifer go in to wake up Mashiach and he wasn't successful then he saw two American Yeshiva Bachman go in and they Matzliach in waking up the Melech Mashiach. it's going to be people like you who are learning Torah who despite the Nisyoinus of America are going to be Matzliach to bring Moshiach. And you're here because your father sent you here to Yeshiva. And they also went to Yeshiva here in America with all the challenges. And they can say, I lived in America. I live with the love one of America with all the challenges, all the disjoinness, all the glimmer and glatter and all the entertainment. But I sent my children to a yeshiva because that's what matters. And you're going to have to wake up Mashiach. How are you going to do it? How are you going to make that happen? So Yaakov prepares for this Mulchama. Yaakov prepares for the Mulchama with Esav. And what does he do? Three things. He prepares Doiran, a gift, Tfilo, he davens, and Mulchama, he's ready to fight. So what's the gift we have to send? 
What does that mean? I think that sometimes, if you're challenged, if it's difficult, to tell yourself, I'll give myself a reward. Maybe the reward is you tell yourself, you know, if I learn well and I stay guys, I'll get a shtickle covered. Gesundheit. hate. My Rebbe will think of me that I'm a Choshiba Bocher. Maybe when I get out of the cooler, I'll be a, I'll get a good shidduch. There, vase. <coughs> Maybe make up with your Rebbe. If I learn start for the next two weeks, you'll take me to doggies. Whatever it is, make up your price, but give yourself a reward. But whatever the doyren is, think of it, talk about it, negotiate. Talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. you can negotiate with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In camp one summer when I was a Rebbe, I spoke something about this and a bocher came over to me. And he said he was taking the regions. In New York there's something called the regions. You can waste a whole year, take the regions. If you pass, you get credit for the course. So he sits down by the regions, it's a math regions. And Nebuch, he looks at it, he doesn't really know too much. He says, Rabbi Nishem, let's talk business over here. If I fail this test, you know how much batol it's going to cause? If I pass, I promise I will learn and not use that time to bottle. But please help me pass the math regions. So he tells me he got a 90. So talk to Kodesh Baruch Hu. The second thing is tefillah. Posh it, you can't fight without davening to Hashem to help you. Every morning you can say this tefillah. It might be a good idea to come on time to davening so you actually can say this tefillah with a shtickle kavona because it comes pretty much at the beginning of davening. So if you're davening is you got a shtickle problem. But if you daven and you come to the bracha that says, Don't bring me, So you're asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Help me fight the battle. Have HaKadosh Baruch in your corner, you're much better off. So HaKadosh is a good idea to come on time to Davani. Because we're very makbid, 8.02. So you don't want to be late. And weiter, milchama. You have to fight the battle. There's a milchama you have to fight. And that's where the real strategy comes in. How are you going to fight this milchama? So I've said this many times. When I was in Lakewood, I was having trouble fighting this milchama. And vice versa, Yetzirah was winning. So I went to Reb Nossin Vachtfeigel Zeichet Tzadik Bekodesh Levrocha and I said, what should I do? So he took out a Mesilus Yeshorim and he pointed and he said, read me those words. The answer is you have to be a Ben Chayil. In America, we want everything instant. 
You take a pill and all your problems are solved. Everything has to be instant. If your computer is slow, you're toast. And everything's got to be quick. But there's no bargain basement solution. You have to fight the battle. I mean, you have to fight. But okay. How do you fight? See, here we can look at the Parsha and we find a conversation between Yaakov and the Sarshal Esav. And Yaakov has the same question, how are we going to fight the battle? So Yaakov turns to the Malach, to the Sar of Esav, and he says to him, after they fight the whole time, Yaakov says, Vayishallah, he asked the Malach and he says, What's your name? What's your name? What is he? What's your name? What's the chilik? Teret says, he says to him, I want to understand you. I want to know how to fight you. What is your secret? What's your name? So the Malach answers, Lomo me. What do you have to ask me my name for? So what do you mean? He asked him a very good reason. He wants to know how to fight. So that was his answer. The answer was, Don't ask questions. The secret of my success is that people don't ask questions. Sometimes if you would think about it, you would realize how nourish it is. Take, for example, the yeshivish and national pastime. Batola. It is the most ridiculous thing you could think of. You sit there with your chavrusa. First you fight for 10 minutes, who's going to read? Then you decide, let's get a coffee. Then you decide to talk about something else. Then you decide you're bored. You haven't learned the word, you're talking. Now my riot that this is ridiculous is because did you ever see Bachram sit down Friday afternoon? There's no rebellion around, nobody's watching. Just sit in bottle, three hours, no one's going to bother you. Come to the base madrash and battle all day long. Terry says, are you crazy? It's the dumbest thing to do. So why would you sit and battle? It's a shtus. Just do it. Remember when I was living in Denver, I got called by the police department. If I would donate money, they want to have a rock concert to raise money to keep kids off of drugs. So I said, it's Leakmere and Cup. I didn't say it that way. But my memory serves me correctly. The drug problem started with rock concerts. So he said to me, you know, I never thought of that. You think about it. It's the end. Remember when I was a kid, I was a member of the school patrol. The school patrol meant you were Zeicher to help kids cross the street in New York. I had the most difficult corner, it was right by the train station, the cars would come around the turn, and I got up every morning, freezing cold, whatever it was, to stand on my post to cross the kids on the way to school. And what was in it for me? You got to go to a New York Rangers game. That was the big prize. So you're waiting months to go to the Rangers game. And I remember finally the great day. And I'm sitting up there in the old Madison Square Garden. 
and the Rangers are winning 3-1 to one in the third period. And all of a sudden I said to myself, who cares? Big deal! And the rest of the game was miserable. Like I realized this is shtus. Who cares? But that's your life. Remember in Denver, a guy, there was an old age home in the corner. Guy's walking out with a t-shirt. Life is football. So what happens when your team loses? What happens if your team is two, two and eight? So life ends unless you beat the Ravens, but otherwise life is ended. There was a dry cleaners. Used to, the, the woman who ran the store in the front, her husband did the cleaning. He was downstairs doing the cleaning. So he was sick. So I once asked her, how's your husband? So she said to me, the doctors took away his cigarettes and they took away his beer. He has nothing left to live for. Nebuch. If that's life. Ask yourself, Rabbi Isai, what am I living for? But the Malach turns to Yaakov and he doesn't ask the question. The Malach says to Yaakov, what's your name? My name is Yaakov. Ask yourself, what's my name? Who am I? What am I proud of? You saw this morning at the airport. I'm on the moving escalator for old people you take the moving escalator and across there's a guy he's got tattoos all over his body and he's wearing a crown the tattoo a rebbe I don't know who it is but interesting is wearing a crown later on my flight was delayed so I was walking around he passes by me and I see his crown it says Burger King so he's proud, he's walking around with a crown on his head in the middle of the airport from Burger King. But he's proud of it. Meshigana. The Mala says, what's your name? I'm a Yid. My name is Yakudish Tom Yoishay Vaiholim. You want to fight the battle, identify yourself, tighten yourself up, say, I'm a Bentaira. And you want an Eitzer Aboisai? Dress like Bnei Torah. Present yourself. I'm a Bnei Torah and I'm proud of it. I don't stares up to wear a white shirt, to wear my hat, to wear my jacket. To be a Bnei Torah, I'm proud. I'm Yaakov East, Tom Yonshei Vaiholim. And what do you do? What is Yaakov Ishtom? How do you fight? Greatest weapon is to learn Torah. Barasi Yetzirah, Barasi Torah Tavlin. It's Meridika Maisa, the Koyach of Torah. I said this once in the past. There was a, a family that had no children there for 20 years. And they didn't give up. So after 20 years, they moved to Eretz Yisrael, hoping shini mokim, shini mazel. They're living in Eretz Yisrael three years, and they still have no children. So a friend who's visiting Eretz Yisrael meets the couple, and he sees how tzabrochen they are. So he says to them, listen, 
some people are not meant to have children. Just accept it and go on. There's other mitzvahs, there's other things you can do. Don't be so despondent. Just get into other things. So he comes home to America. He tells his wife what happened. And his wife says, who are you to tell them that? Who do you think you are? You, what do you have to open your mouth like that to tell them don't think about having children? What, you, what kind of mishigas is that? How do you talk that way to people? So he says to his wife, if you would have seen how tzabrochim they are, you also would have said something. It's 23 years. So she says, so maybe they'll still have children. So he says to his wife, if they have children, I'm going to sell my business and move there to Yisrael and sit in Kailo. Is that okay with you? She says, fine. Two years later, they have twins, a boy and a girl. Everybody hears the, new, the news, they're excited, they're dancing with joy for this couple. 25 years, they're davening, and finally they're answered. And this guy takes the first plane to Eretz Yisrael. And he goes to Reb Chaim Kanievsky and he says, do I have to keep my promise? Reb Chaim Kanievsky says, yes. He says, can I be matir neder? He says, no, it's a neder for dvar mitzvah, you can't be matir. So he says, what if I make a shliach to learn? I'll pay him, I'll give him all the money, I'll be mefarnas him totally. Can I make a shliach? Reb Chaim says, I have a better idea for you. Hire a shliach to run your business and you do the learning. And then Reb Chaim says to him, you don't understand. They had children because you made a promise. Your promise to learn Torah gave that couple children after 25 years and now you want to back out? Torah is the oxygen that we breathe. It's the Koyach of Torah. Tamur uki Some guy once came home. The poor fellow was a delivery boy. Come out and never had anything to eat in the house. And he comes and he tells his wife, Alice, you won't believe what I saw. I saw people eating sushi. So she says, Ralph, don't worry. I'll make you sushi. So what does she have to make? She goes out to the backyard. She collects some weeds. She ties them up. She doesn't have any rice, so she puts a couple of mashed potatoes in the middle with a little uh, tuna fish, chunk light. She mushes it together and she gives him sushi. He takes a bite and he spits it out. He says, this is terrible! What do those rich people see in sushi? If you never taste the real thing, you don't know what it tastes like. I'd rather taste it, I still don't like it, but that's a different story. Try it! Learn start for a while and you'll see there's nothing better, more geschmack, more tasty than Limonatayra. Rabbi say we have to be B'nai Torah who understand I am Yaakov I'm a Ben Torah and through learning Torah I'll be Miskaber 
I'll get rid of all the Narishkeit, all the Yitzra Yetzirah, all those things, and I'll live in a world of total ecstasy and joy and bliss, just bathing in an ocean of beauty, living a life of Torah. If we do that, we'll very soon see the time of Olu Moshiach Baharzio and Lishpoit as Har Esav, Hashem Amlucha, Bevias Goyal Tzedek, and Herabiyamim.